Hello, and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics, where we just finished our 18th annual year in review editorial event, which included analysis of industry survey data from over 900 respondents, helping paint a picture of one of the most significant years in biometrics. That's the starting point of today's episode, which features a conversation between Fine Biometrics founder Peter O'Neill and Arnd Langeth, CEO of BioRugged. The interview begins with a reflection on how BioRugged adapted to the new normal presented by the COVID-19 pandemic, before delving into the company's operations around the globe in India, China, the United Arab Emirates, and beyond. Langeth speaks about striking a balance between high performance and durability with his company's rugged handhelds, and he offers insight into BioRugged's work with refugee identity management. It's an enlightening talk between two industry experts, and so without further ado, I am pleased to present Fine Biometrics founder Peter O'Neill in conversation with Arnd Langeth, CEO of BioRugged, right here on the ID Talk podcast. Welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter O'Neill, and I am the president of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. And I'm very pleased to welcome Arnd Languth, who is the CEO of BioRugged. Welcome, Arnd. Hello, Peter. Thanks for having me. Great. And uh, why don't we jump right in? You know, we're currently uh, unpacking our 18th annual year in review survey. And, and 2020 was truly unprecedented for our industry uh, with the global response to the novel coronavirus accelerating all the trends in identity and biometrics that we saw over the past few years. What were your company's most exciting and challenging deliveries in 2020? I think, Peter, if you if you let, let the, the year pass and review every delivery this year was difficult and exciting and uh, unlike all other deliveries before. I do recall that we had two registration projects where we delivered enrollment kits in the middle of the pandemic. We couldn't travel. We weren't sure how to get the goods over because, as you know, the the freight capacities were low. The airlines didn't want to take uh, too much goods because they, they didn't have the capacity. So, yeah, it was challenging. We, we had one delivery to Latin America for a countrywide enrollment project in a very harsh environment. We couldn't go there. We couldn't train the, the service partner. We couldn't train the, the end customer directly. So we had to, to move everything to, to video trainings. We did uh, a lot of extra videos that we provided them online. We did video conferences and really switching everything to remote support was a real challenge. Well, you know, it's interesting because COVID-19 underlined the need for biometric authentication and, and identity solutions as everything went remote. Uh, but but you're right, it has presented some some major obstacles. Uh, you've mentioned a couple. What, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced during this past year and how did you go about uh, addressing them? Us as a, as a hardware vendor, our biggest challenge is that we couldn't get our, our technical team on the ground. We couldn't travel to a country because it was a high-risk country or they didn't simply didn't allow anyone to come into the country. 
So the biggest challenge for us was to make sure that our customers could uh, really handle our equipment, that we could provide all the training remotely. We learned a lot about video editing, how to do good training videos, how to set up a, a video conference that we, we could actually train technicians on and how to, to select the right people in, in a project remotely and, and make sure they get fully up to speed with the technical details. Well, you know, and it's clear the, the pandemic is far from over with global vaccine distribution still expected to be ongoing until the end of this year. And, and even with the pauses, that could even be extended. Um, how has BioRugged adapted to persist in this COVID-affected market over the, over the long term, looking out over the years? Well, we decided that we'll take more precaution. We geared up our team, so uh, the team grows significantly uh, because supporting an installation or a project remotely and training technicians remotely requires a lot more manpower and, and dedicated time. When you, when you go into a country and you can be on site and you see the people, you can achieve more in, in less time. So doing it remotely, we need more staff and we, we immediately reacted to that. As you might know, we are expanding globally anyway, so we will have more subsidiaries. And we started building up in most of the countries we are acting in and on each continent to train up a service partner so that when we can't go there, our service partner is on standby and is able to assist our customers. Well, that segues well into my next question, and that has to do with your very significant global activity. Uh, BioRegid is active in, in some interesting and very uh, varied regions around the world, including India, China, the UAE, and, and many African countries. How different are the biometric needs of these different cultures and how does BioRugged meet those demands? That's a very interesting question. Um, we find that especially in, in, in Africa, we see the biometric enrollment projects rolling out and, and going on a large scale for national ID cards, for voter registration cards, and they are all focused about providing service to the citizen assuring an identity, making sure the citizen can execute his, his right to vote. That is a driving factor in, in Africa, which has certainly to do with the fact that the, the overall administration is not as good as in some other countries. I mean, India provided a, a good example of what you can do to a population if you if you really have everybody on record and you know how many people you have and you can tie the subsidiaries, the ID cards, all to a biometric identity. And that is a role model, and many African states are now adapting to it. Whereas in other parts of the world, like in Middle East, in, in some parts of Asia, we see that the security aspect of, of biometrics is, is much higher, making sure who comes into the country, having a police force that uses biometric heavenly, that is a driving factor in, in Asia, in Middle East, and certainly to some extent in, in Europe. Latin America is a mixture of both. Um, they do see a lot of security needs. On the other hand, we do have countries in Latin America that exercise large-scale enrollment projects for the same reason as the African countries do it. 
Actually, the Latin American region is a very exciting one, especially uh, over the past couple of years, we've been writing a, a lot about deployments in all aspects, government, financial, et cetera. So a, a very exciting uh, region of the world. Ruggedness is a quality that's a hallmark of your products. With a history in KYC, elections and census taking in urban and rural regions, how do you strike a balance between high performance biometrics and durability? I'm not so sure if you, you still need to strike a balance. We come a long way in, in durability and, and ruggedness of the devices. And I see that nowadays durability is not a trade-off versus high performance. I think the we came a long way and we, we managed to, to get the right performance into these uh, devices. And if you see now that, which was a couple of years ago, unthinkable, but in, um, KYC projects that take 10 fingerprints on a mobile device that you can really take into the country, that you can charge by solar, it's not a trade-off anymore. These uh, uh, devices are really performant and they are very durable. It's been a, an exciting time for us with the, with the KYC and enrollment projects, and especially now that we have devices that even include a FAB60 scanner, and we get recognized by, by NIVSS in, at NIMSI in Nigeria for having FAB60 mobile durable devices. You know, it's truly amazing, actually, when, when I think back, and I know you've been in the industry a long time as I have, but when I think back 10 years ago, I remember seeing some of the first, quote, portable units for, for these types of activities, and they came with a big, huge briefcase that weighed a ton, and my goodness, the industry's come a long way. Now it fits in the palm of your hand and totally mobile and so you know congratulations on on helping you know move that uh, along the the path because it is truly remarkable how far it's come in, in a quick amount of time i'd like to talk a little bit about sectors that demand accuracy and versatility your technology has applications in refugee identity management how do biometrics play into the modern refugee experience and what are some of the challenges in that space? That is a very political question, I think, in, in, in some parts of the world. I think it could help a lot with the refugee, refugee situation in, in many countries. I know that the UN is, is trying to build up a biometric register. We had long discussions with, with people that uh, support refugees in the Asian region about the use of biometric in camps. You need to see these people come with a, no papers. It's it's virtually impossible to to really tie down their their identity. They get treatments in the camps. The camps are suddenly full. There's ten thousand of people. Uh, if you see the large refugee camps in in Africa, you suddenly get ten thousand people that you have to cater for and that need medical aid and services. So the use of biometric could help their situation significantly but it's a it's politically not always wanted understand that and now now i'd like to pivot and talk a little bit about the future how do you expect the challenges we faced in the past year to affect the overall biometric needs of customers 
over, let's say, the next three to five years, a bit of future gazing? Ah, that's, I think COVID-19 will certainly push forward contactless biometrics. Um, we will see a lot of authentication moving to, to face. We will see probably a, a, a much bigger market share of iris biometrics, which we all have been, been waiting for for a couple of years. Um, on the other hand, fingerprint biometrics will still be the gold standard of enrolling people and deduplicating people. And it's, it's not that you can think it away. I mean, we have a global pandemic. Everybody is talking about hygiene, not touching things. And when this year we became the largest FAP60 providers in the world. We have over, over 40,000 units on order. Uh, to enroll people with fingerprints. So fingerprint biometrics will not go away. I think the sensitivity will be there that the countries need to, to have a register of their people. Even in a, in a global crisis, if, if you need to plan how many people you need to vaccinate, if you, if you need to quickly identify someone who is, who is ill, you have to have a biometric register. Well, I think those are all really exciting uh, developments that can occur. We've also noticed, uh, you know, the, the, again, as we spoke earlier, the, the trends that were in our industry that have just moved so quickly ahead because of remote everything. And, and I'm thinking particularly of the healthcare industry where, uh, you know, there, there's an industry that was still using faxes to, to share patient records, they're, they're faced with such a unique challenge right now to do everything remote. And uh, it, it really has put uh, a lot of um, very interesting pressure on our industry to, to move way faster. So quite an exciting time overall for our industry. And what can we expect to see from BioRugged in 2021? Well, you, you certainly see a further expansion of, of BioRugged um, next to having new subsidiaries, which we will announce. We will see a, a lot of new products. We are currently overhauling our old product line. So there will be some exciting new products coming up. And from handheld to tablet to, to Fab60. So I think we are going to, to share a couple of product releases with you in the coming weeks. And as I said, we, we became in, in the pandemic, we became one of the largest Fab60 providers. I think we will see a massive development on the, the Nigerian market. I mentioned the, the received NIMSI certification before. That market will, will explode in 21. And we have all the right products for that. And I hope uh, we can share a couple of success stories. But as you said, we, we are a bit secretive because we, we are an indirect player. We, we submit our quotes to, to our prime contractors. They do the projects. We just want to focus on, on building the best hardware on the market. Well, thank you very much for, for speaking with us today. But before I let you go, can you let our listeners know the best way for them to get in touch with you and to learn more about some of the topics we've been talking about today? Well, the best way is certainly to, to visit us on www.biorugged.com. We are always open to, to receive an email at info at And we promise we'll get back to you in lightning speed. Well, Arndt, thank you very much for carving out some time to speak with us today and congratulations on a successful 
um, move through this very challenging year. Thank you, Peter. Again, thanks for having me and congratulations on the 18th year in review session. So uh, it's a fantastic work you're doing. And every morning I'm my online newsletter from you is the first thing I read. Well, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure again to speak with you today. And so concludes our interview with Arndt Langeth, CEO of BioRugged. For more information on the topics discussed in this episode, please visit biorugged.com. And for more expert news, interviews, and insights, visit findbiometrics.com. I'd like to thank Arnd for joining us on this episode, and thank you to Peter O'Neill for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.